0: badger fans what's going on we have to talk about the gigantic enormous basketball visitor coming to campus it's it's potentially one of the biggest recruiting battles that Greg guard could win in his entire badgers tenure we're going to talk about that next on locked on badgers plus more let's go you are locked on badgers your daily podcast on the wisconsin badgers Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. Uh, Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Uh, Bird Dogs is the most comfortable pair of pants you can possibly wear. Go to birddogs.com slash College and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. All right, let's get into it. Con Knipple uh, recently over on Rivals. So let's let's start here. Con Knipple, uh, six foot six, 210 pound basketball player in the 2024 class out of Wisconsin Lutheran. So a local and state kid uh, coming to visit uh, tomorrow, June 21st, on an official visit. He's been to Wisconsin before. Um, Rivals bumped him up to the 13th player in the country, the number 13 player. That's a five star recruit. The composite on 247 has Con Knipple. Uh, as the 25th best player in the country, a four-star recruit. So needless to say, you're talking about, we are talking about one of the top 15 to 13 to 25 players. That's one of the top 30 players in the country on the low end and one of the top 15-ish players in the entire country in this class on the high end. Coming to Madison, five-star kid in our backyard, plays like he was, made from a cookie board a cookie cutter board for for a great guard system right um really efficient shot maker usable in the post can invert can shoot from deep uh incredibly skilled score at the high school level uh, just a complete bucket getter one of the one of the elite shooters in the country uh really good size he's, he's going to be a mismatch problem in college he has some of this and he has some of the same some of the same stuff that we talked about with uh uh, a guy like Chucky e. Hepburn, where he, he could be a really good college player, but probably doesn't quite have the athletic measurables to jump to the NBA in a year or two. So you're going to potentially whoever gets Con is potentially going to get a player for several years at this the college level. Um, let let's talk about what's going on with his recruitment here. So we've laid out the groundwork. Five star player in our backyard fits Gray Guard system tremendously well. Easy to project at this at the college level. He's going to get buckets. He's a shooter with size. Um, right now, Virginia's in the mix. Marquette's in the mix. Wisconsin's in the mix. I I believe he's visited Notre Dame. There's real competition here. I know Marquette and Virginia are very much in the mix. If you think of Wisconsin, uh, Virginia is very much like Wisconsin, similar type of styles, academics. He would fit there really well. He's taking an official to Virginia. He's taking an official to Marquette. Um, I think the in-state poll is, is important to Khan and his family. So Marquette's definitely a program to watch, um, this would be enormous. You you start thinking about the five-star players that, that Wisconsin has landed on the basketball side. There's not many of them, right? You know, Brian Butch was a five-star. Sam Decker was a five-star. Uh, Joe Krabenhoff was a five-star. For those who, who may not remember coming out of the Dakotas, he was a five-star player. But just, just not many, right? There are not many five-star guys who have made their way to Wisconsin. And Khan Knipple would be one of the most projectable outside of Sam Decker really of those five star guys. He, he he you would pencil him in right away. Like instantly he could come in and he could give you 10 points a game with his shooting ability his size his skill. Uh, when you look at his game you're talking about a guy who any type of pick and pop situation, you can't give him any space. He's big enough to get his shots off against smaller players, but he's strong enough and physical enough that you can't just put a long lanky guy on him. Uh, Khan will kind of punish that guy in the mid post. Very crafty. He scores with either hands, uh, either hands. Really, really, really um, good passer for a a bigger forward. He's going to play a three at the next level. Just a tremendous offensive skilled player. So he's coming. Listen, he's coming to visit June 21st, which – uh, depending on when you watch the show, uh, today, tomorrow, but yeah, he's coming to visit. He's coming with Jack Robeson, who's already committed. Coming with Jackson McAndrew, who is another highly sought-after kid in the 2024 class. So there'll be a group of players here on campus. It's always great to get a committed player on campus when other guys are are commit are, are coming to visit, right? So Robeson can fill that that need of a guy who can say, "Yeah, I committed here. I believed in it. This is why I believed in it. Come play with me." That's going to be a really big aspect to this. Um, just having someone there that that can kind of relay that level of commitment to them. And then let's talk about what what this potentially means in terms of if you get con Knipple. Now, is this let me let me start here actually? Is is this a must-win recruitment? No, it's not, in my opinion. Because you landed Daniel Free You had to get one of those guys, right? And you got free tag. I, I actually thought at the beginning of this cycle you would end up with con and you wouldn't get free tag uh you got free tag so I, I don't think i think it's unrealistic to say you had to win both of those recruitments is maybe a better way of saying it right those are both really hard national level recruitments you won one of them if you, if you back 50% and in the four star recruiting battles you're doing just fine so i don't think it's a must win but it would be an enormous win because when you you, you start to look at this team and the framework and the 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 framing that's being put up. Now I'm thinking about a house and a foundation and and the the framing of the walls and building the the, the foundation of a program. When you start looking at the foundation going forward of this team, if you could add a con to this, Badger fans. I don't have Rajiv on this show, but yeah, you're talking about a national title team, potentially, right? You're talking about that level of of talent again, going back to where we were with those Decker Kaminsky, um, those those type of teams that had the Nigel Hayes and multiple NBA players, uh, what you would be doing with this team is you would have a, a lineup. And it never works out quite as perfectly as you think it will. Like I've said that on previous shows, but you you would have a potential lineup. Connor Sejan would still be here, right? You would have Nolan Winter, Gus Yaldin, Daniel Freetag, Con Knipple. Listen, John Blackwell, AJ Store, right, would be on those teams for a couple years. Like you're talking – Six, seven deep of skill, of all players who have skill and who can shoot. All of those dudes. Winter, uh, yaldin, shooters, Blackwell, a shooter, free tag, a shooter and a scorer, a siege and a sniper, right? And then you would add in Khan Knipple, who is one of the best shooters in the entire 2024 class, and he has size, right? This is um, from NBA, let's see, this is from a, a, a scouting report from NBA Draft Room. Con Knipple is a big-bodied, sweet shooting wing with a legit NBA skill in his shooting ability. Listen, when websites like NBA Draft Room, when NBA draft-centric sites are doing scouting reports on high school kids, and that high school kid could potentially end up in Madison, that's when you st- sit up in the chair a little bit, right? You take notice. You say, okay, let's, let's get after this one. Um, he's a tremendously skilled offensive player. <clears throat> and when you start to look at the, the team that he could be involved in at Wisconsin – feel free to get excited on that hype. I mean, buy buy a ticket to that hype train because that would be an incredibly fun team to watch. I don't, You wouldn't be able to guard them. You wouldn't be able to guard them. And with Guard's ability to coach um, defense, discipline, uh, you know, to instill basketball fundamentals, if you give them a team of skilled basketball players who can shoot, who can play multiple positions, who have versatility, golly, man. So let's... Let, Something to track, right? Coming to Madison tomorrow, uh, official visit, visiting with a couple other kids. He, like, very almost certainly will not commit. They're not going to shut him down on this visit. It's hard to do with blue chip prospects, but this is a great opportunity for Grey Guard to hit a home run on a visit. He has to hit a home run. I think Blue Bloods are going to get even more involved with Khan. It's there's a ton riding on this visit that that is, um, they have to hit it out of the park. And you know, if they do. Wisconsin's very much in this. Like Wisconsin is very much in this recruiting battle. I can tell you that from conversations I've had. Wisconsin's very much in this recruiting battle, but it's it's going to be a tough one, right? And this visit is going to be an instrumental part of where he ends up. So, let's all hope together on it because it is a huge visit for Gray Guard and Wisconsin and the future of the basketball program to get a guy like Conkynipple potentially in the door. All right, we're going to take a quick break, uh, talk about one of our friends of the show. We're going to come back with another big prospect visiting. What do we think about Jackson McAndrew? How would he fit into this team? And what is his relationship with Daniel Freetag play into this? We're going to talk about that next on Locked On Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at Bird Dogs. I've talked about my love for Bird Dogs a lot. Listen, summer's coming. You got to look good. You got to be comfortable. You got to have. Things that can move with you, that that can play the casual role. Like, hey, I want to roll up to a beach volleyball game. My bird dogs fit for that. I also want to go out to a nice lunch with my lady. Bird dogs fit for that. I want to sit down and record a pod. Bird dogs listen for that. On the, You know, like they just fit everything you want to do in a summer. Go to the beach. Go to the dock. My legs look great. Bird dogs are the ultimate key in helping you look comfortable, stay comfortable, be comfortable. They were designed for this. And they look good on top of it. So, if you order now, go to birddogs.com slash lockdown college. You're going to throw in a free, absolutely free Yeti style tumbler with every order. So, not only are you getting the greatest shorts, the greatest, com- most comfortable, best looking shorts that you can find just in time for summer, but you're getting a free Yeti style tumbler, which I have as well. I never take my bird dogs off. Go to birddogs.com slash lockdown college. You will not regret it. Birddogs.com slash lockdown college. All right, I do want to take a quick second to say thank you to everybody who tunes into the shows, who comments on them. I read everything. I, I need to continue trying to respond to more stuff. I'm in a busy point in my life, so I apologize that I'm not quite as active on that. But thank you for tuning in. Uh, I really, really do appreciate y'all. All right, let's keep this going. So uh, Conca Nipple is a big fish coming in to visit. But Jackson McAndrew is also coming. Uh, McDan- McAndrew's is a big-time prospect as well. Like, he would headline. A lot of recruiting weekends like he would he would be the headliner on a lot of weekend visits uh it just so happens he's visiting with Khan canipple who's one of the, the 20 best players in this class right but jackson mcandrew a 6 200 ish pound power forward coming out of yz of minnesota the number two player in the state of minnesota he's a high, very high three star or a low four star depending on where you see him so again right in that sweet spot where I think Wisconsin tends to live when they're really successful rivals has him as the 89th best player in the country, a four-star player. The composite's a little lower. The composite has him as a 166th best player in the country, but that's a blue chip level type of player. Um, What, what do we get with Jackson McAndrew? So big forward, six, eight, six, nine, a great shooting stroke. And a lot of times when people say that, especially with a Badgers type program, they get typecast a little bit, right? Oh, plotting big man who's gonna shoot some. No, 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 no. Not with not with McAndrew. He's a much better athlete than people think. Right. Watch his film. Like he he's clever. He attacks closeouts, uh, able to do a really nice kind of left to right crossover, gets in the paint, can finish with both hands. He he's much better as a slasher and a driver than I think he gets credit for. He's a better athlete than I think people gets then he than he gets credit for. I think, again, some of that is people typecast players, right? They look at a body type, um, where they're coming from, who's recruiting them, and they kind of just say, ah, that's probably just kind of a a pick-and-pop, athletic shooter, you know, who's going to play really fundamental. No, no, McAndrew can play above the rim. Uh, I really like his ability as kind of a secondary rim protector. You know, McAndrew's able to come across the paint and get some blocks. Um, not, a, not a primary rim protector, but somebody who can add that type of, uh, defensive recovery role, which I think is really valuable at the college level, at the NBA level. Um, the shooting's real, right? That's what people talk about a lot. Great range, quick release, 6'8", uh, 6'9", six, six, so it's a high release point, difficult to contest. Uh, McAndrew does a lot of those, those shooting and spacing things that are necessary at the college level. He's going to stretch defenses out. He has gravity. Um, but again, the unique thing with McAndrew is he's not just a shooter. He can put it on the deck. He can get to the rim. Uh, he has some unique kind of really ball handling ability for a high school six, eight, six, nine guy that I, I just think is unusual. That's why to me, he's such an interesting prospect. He's not a one trick pony, but even, even if he were, and he's not in my opinion, but even if he were, that one trick is really good. He can shoot, right? Uh, what's the, what's the common theme recently with badger recruits, maybe outside of um, maybe outside of free tag and, and, and free tag can shoot too, by the way. But, you know everyone else, the first thing people think about is shooter, right? Shooter, shooter, shooter. Great guard has leaned heavy into we need more shooting. We need to find shooters. And everybody he's recruited has been able to shoot the ball. So uh McAndrew is definitely in that vein. Um, good range, good mid-range ability, uh shows some mid-post stuff where he can kind of turn around and fade away. And again, just that release point and that that height on that jumper is difficult to deal with for for opposing defenses. So He's a big prospect. Again, borderline four-star kid, uh, top 150-ish player in the country, coming in with Khan Knippel and with Robeson. I'd say just a huge recruiting weekend. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, and, and when I had Daniel Freetag on the show, he talked about this, right? We Him and I discussed it. We talked about, you know, what is your relationship like with Khan Knipple? And um, Freetag was extremely complimentary of, of Khan's game, but he did say, you know, I don't really know him that well. And then I asked him about Jackson McAndrew, and he lit up, right? His eyes got big. He's like, Jackson's my guy. Great shooter. I, I love him. I would love to play with him. So make no mistake about it. Landing landing free tag helps Wisconsin a lot in this recruitment because those two are almost inseparable. They're great friends. They talked about it to other people. I know they talked about it to, to Dylan Graff as well, who runs the incredibly good, uh, bat, incredibly um time i'm trying to think the right word just just awesome site over at badger Note. so go check out what dylan's doing as well um they're constantly putting out content which is incredible he's talked about it to dylan and he talked about it to me they're really good friends right so landing daniel freetag in itself was a coup but it could open the door to get jackson mcandrew as well and even if you end up listen that's no consolation price. Like everything in a way is a consolation price to Con nipple because he's a five-star in-state kid that Wisconsin is sitting really well for. And if you don't land him, there's no other five-star kid you're gonna slide in, right? You don't that ship doesn't leave the dock and another five-star ship pulls into the pier, and you're like, Oh, it's fine. The the USS USS Five star just pulled in. No, no, no. Once once the con cannipple train leaves the depot, if it's not flying a Wisconsin flag, there's no there's no replacement for that in terms of recruiting pedigree in this class. However, Jackson McAndrew is no consolation prize. That's that's what I want to emphasize here. He is a legit stretch forward with athleticism above the rim ability and I think secondary uh, rim protection defensively. So he'd be a huge get, huge get. And like I said, on a lot of weekends that didn't have a con nipple visiting, he would be the headliner. So yeah, Jackson McAndrew also coming this weekend. Good friends with Daniel Freetag, um, borderline four-star player, another from that Minnesota um, area where wisconsin has just established such an incredible pipeline so we'll see what happens um obviously excuse me uh badger obviously lockdown badgers will be here to talk about whatever happens um you know a- after after the visits we'll, we'll feed you in with what we've heard and what we've seen and what we think of these players but it is a huge recruiting weekend for gray guard and i can't wait to talk about it more again daniel Freitag visiting jack robeson visiting and con knipple the five-star in-state visiting All right, we're going to take a quick break there for our friends of the show. We're going to come back. Uh, A poll was recently done among all the Locked On Big Ten hosts uh, to rank the Big Ten coaches. And I want to show you who the the top five Big Ten coaches, according to all the Locked On hosts, are. And I'm going to tell you where I think the list is right, where I think it's wrong, where Luke Fickle should be, and where he actually is. You're going to see that next on Locked On Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show. All right. Welcome back to Lockdown Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, you guys are incredible and amazing. And this community we're building is absolutely humbling. And it's awesome just to be a part of it. And that's what that's what I consider myself just a part of the community that we're building around the Lockdown Badgers show. The Discord's incredible. Uh, Go check out what everybody's saying on there from from Ryan, from the deputy, from uh, Molitor. I mean, just everybody in the Discord is incredible. I shouldn't even start naming them because I'm going to leave people off Badger Gator, all the great people in there. Go check out the, the great Badger conversation on our Discord page. All right, let's get into this. So, all the the locked on Big Ten hosts got together and we did a poll. Who are the top 10? Who are the top five Big Ten football coaches right now? Um, I definitely want your list on this, too. How would you rank it? If you're an athletic director, and you were starting an expansion college football program, and you could hire any Big Ten coaches, how would you rank them? Who would you want to lead your college football program if you could pick from the Big Ten? Who would who would be your second choice, your third choice, your fourth choice? I would love to get those lists. Uh, in fact, we may even make our own poll and turn that into a show. But uh, I'm going to put the list up here. So if on YouTube you can see it, if you're on the podcast and listening, I'm going to read it out to you. Here are the top five Big Ten football coaches right now according to the Locked On Badge, or Locked On... Um, Big 10 hosts. All right. Number five, Luke Fickle. Number four, James Franklin. Number three, Brett Bielema. Number two, Ryan Day. Number one, Jim Harbaugh. Okay, so I think I think this is the right top five. Let me start there. I don't think this is the best order, but I think this is the right top five. Let me tell you where I agree and disagree. Harbaugh is one, Ryan Day is two. Okay, now this this list feels vindicating to me in a way because Last year, I did a show. I did, I ranked all the Big Ten coaches. And listen, I had my share of misses. But one thing I did is I had Jim Harbaugh number one, right? I had Harbaugh one, and I caught so much flag because they said, Oh, you're just overreacting to Michigan beating Ohio State once. I'm like, No, 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 no. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Jim Harbaugh, whether you like him or not, whether you think he's too quirky or not, that dude is an incredible coach. Okay. Make no mistake about it. Harbaugh is an incredible coach, right? He took Stanford from a doormat into a perennial college football powerhouse, right? Those Andrew Luck years. That was Harbaugh re-energizing that program. Uh, He beat USC. Stanford was a 42, 43-point underdog. I think it's still the biggest um, upset in the history of college football from a point differential standpoint. You know, like what he did at Stanford was incredible. And then he went to San Francisco. He went to the NFL, and he took a team that had been a doormat you know, had been cycling through coaches, right? Uh, Mike Singletary, Jim Tomsula, uh, you could go on and on, had been cycling through coaches, had a broken down Alex Smith as a quarterback, and he turned them into a powerhouse instantly, got them to the Super Bowl, got them to multiple NFC championship games. And as soon as he left, the 49ers fell into a pit of despair again, right? Like, I know he hasn't been as consistent at, Mich- at Michigan as people thought he would be, but he is an incredible coach. Now he's beaten Ohio state twice in a row. He is absolutely the best coach in the big 10 right now. And his track record is unparalleled. Having, having done it at an academic school with no, no recent history at Stanford, having done it in the NFL, uh, having done it at Michigan. He's incredible, incredible, incredible coach. I would have Ryan day too, but I still, I still, cause listen, his record at Ohio state's incredible. Right. And there's a lot of coaches that go to real blue blood programs and still manage to muck it up. And you have to give Ryan Day credit for not mucking it up. Right. The ship is sailing smoothly. The USS Ohio State is sailing very smoothly. But there's a part of you that still wants to say, ah, how much of that is Ohio State? Right. How much of that is could you, how, what would you, what would you be doing, Ryan Day, if you were coaching Purdue? or if you were coaching Maryland or if you were coaching you know Utah State I don't know like I think he's a great coach he's obviously fanatically competitive uh, those stories are are pretty legendary he understands the importance of recruiting marketing those are incre- those are hugely important in the landscape of college football today so I would put him at 2 it's hard to argue with the record is absolutely insane at Ohio State the recruiting is a monster he's number 2 I at number three, I would have James Franklin, and this is where people start to disagree. I think with me, with my takes, or we're past diverge, right? I've seen Fickle at three. I've seen Bilama at three. Again, the locked on poll has Bilama at three. I'll put it back up here. I've seen uh, Franklin at three. I've even seen Ferenc at three. So I've seen a lot of different people at three, depending on which poll you're looking at. Here's the thing with Franklin. I, I get it, right? I get that hey, he has he has in game time issues, right? He he mismanages his share games. Um, he ha- also has to play in a division with Michigan and Ohio state every single year. So understand that. Um, I think he's a really good recruiter. He sells his program. He understands his vision. He is very quick to make staff changes. Like he will not keep a coordinator. We've seen it recently hiring the Minnesota offensive coordinator, and then jettisoning him. Like he won't keep a coordinator for more than a year. If it's not working, you know, it's like, and I I, I respect that. I like that. I want a guy who isn't going to st- basically keep a bad hire around. He's, he's pretty ruthless with that actually um and I think you need that as a head coach I would also point to again I talked to excuse me I talked about Harb on his resume Franklin won at Vanderbilt right and he didn't win big but he won at Vanderbilt that is incredibly difficult to do so I would have Franklin at three I go fickle at four right so I have fickle ahead of Bielema um I understand that Bielema has a big 10 track record in terms of winning the big 10 multiple times but he also failed tragically. I mean, he failed at Arkansas pretty badly. And as as resurgent as Illinois was last year, it was against a really down Big Ten West, right? Um, not a good, not a good division at all. Uh, and Fickle has taken Cincinnati to the playoffs. There, there's no, to me, there's no, there's there's no win or there's no um, bullet point on Belama's resume that you would point to that's that is better than Luke Fickle taking Cincinnati to the playoffs. I don't think that that bullet point exists, right? So I think Bielema is a good coach. I think he's iconoclastic in kind of how he thinks, and that's a good thing for a program builder. He very much believes in his vision. I think he's well-suited to the Big Ten. I think the fact that he worked for Bill Belichick speaks volumes to the type of coach he is. Bill Belichick does not hire losers. He doesn't hire idiots, right? <laughs> for all the for all the kind of reputation of Bielema as kind of an oaf, but it, it means... A lot to me that Belichick liked him enough to hire him and work with him with for multiple years. So I think that's impressive. I think he probably grew a lot through that experience. He still has never done anything like take a, a non-power five program to the playoffs. So I have Fickle at four, I have Bielema at five. Um, a couple of quick takes for the Big Ten coaches. I I've seen for people have forens a little higher because of the longevity, because of the fact that they almost always win seven, eight, nine games, right? Because the defense is always incredible. Because you know, he's always competitive because it's hard to go into Canada. Here's the thing. He's too loyal to his son to be in the top five. And that sounds like an awful thing for me to say, uh, but it's true. He, he's too loyal to us. And that's, first of all, that's a great trait. I admire that trait. He, he's If this was a ranking of the top five fathers in the Big Ten, maybe I have friends number one. I mean, that's, I, I know none of the fatherly characteristics of literally any other coach, but this is not a ranking of the top 10 fathers. Right, This is a ranking of the top top head coaches. And if you cannot make the tough decision to remove your son from an offensive coordinator spot where he clearly has failed, you, you can't be in the top five. I'm sorry. It just is what it is. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, I, I had him as the worst coach in the Big Ten last year. I still have him that. I think he's incredibly overrated. I think he's been overrated forever. I'm sorry. Like, Northwestern's not like a dumpster fire. People keep saying, well, what else could Northwestern do? Northwestern has had other teams before Fitzgerald, you know, win win the Big Ten. They've had other draft picks. Like the idea that that Northwestern is like the Citadel or like Western Michigan University or something is is asinine to me. It's an incredible academic institution. They have great new facilities. I know that I know the stadium is what it is, but their new um like workout weight room facilities are really good. They're, they exist in very close to really, really strong Illinois recruiting territory. Like, I'm not going to give a guy credit because he's just been there forever, and he's a good guy. I'm sorry. Like, it, it's just he's had back-to-back seasons where he's won, what, one Big Ten game? It's just he's not a good coach. It's just not. I'm sorry. It's not. He's not. So that's my uh, Big Ten coaching thoughts. Again, I would have Harbaugh easily number one. Ryan Day number two with the – with a like a questioning emoji face of how much of it is Ohio state. I would have um, James Franklin at number three, partially because I'm still very impressed by what he did at Vanderbilt. I believe he's really competitive, a great recruiter. And quite frankly, if he'd been in the big 10 West, instead of the East, he probably has another big 10 title to his resume. Um, I would have fickle at four ahead of Bielema. Just because I think Fickle has accomplished something that Bielema hasn't done. And I would have Bielema at five. So anyway, I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, huge visits coming up for Con Jackson McAndrew. Can't wait to see what comes out of that. We're going to keep you all posted there on Wisconsin. And we'll talk again tomorrow.